This is a special edition of Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. We're going to take a look at sleep, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, our guest, uh, Dr. Shelby Harris, who's a clinical psychologist and sleep specialist in New York, is going to tell me that I I can actually use my iPad at night. Uh, (laughs) Dr. Harris, welcome to uh, Late Night Health. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Uh, Is sleep uh, or insomnia, is that a, a, a wave just affecting millions and millions of Americans? So a lot of us are sleep deprived. It's a big problem in America and it got worse with the pandemic. And there are some people that have trouble with sleep here and there, the occasional bad night. There are some people that have a lot of bad nights of sleep and we see that happening more and more in our population, unfortunately. Uh, you've written a book, The Women's Guide to Overcoming Insomnia. Is that something that men can use as well? Yes. The, the basic treatment ideas in there are for both uh, men and women. There are some um, chapters about hormonal changes that are more applicable to women, but the basic strategies in there do apply to men as well. All right. Can people get along with, say, five hours, four and a half, five hours of sleep a night? You know, the the vast majority of people need between seven to nine hours of sleep a night. So that's we're talking adults here. There are some people who are outliers where six might be appropriate or nine. There are a few people who might need a little bit less. But oftentimes, more often than not, someone who's getting four hours a night or maybe five hours, They often are fooling themselves that they can get by on it, and they probably need more. Um, But some people are those outliers, but they're few and far between. Uh, I'm thinking of a functional alcoholic who you can't tell that they're they're drunk. Yes. They're drinking a quart, quart of vodka a day, and they're still working, they're talking, they're even driving. Is that something uh, uh, similar to somebody getting four hours of sleep a night functioning, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, you totally hit the nail on the head there. There's some research where they they came up um, with equivalents of someone who is um, sleep deprived. Even after a night, they're getting a lot less than they normally would. They sometimes think that they're functioning totally fine when they actually would be, if we came up with the equivalent, they would be legally intoxicated to drive. So it's really a problem that people don't recognize as a problem, but they probably are sleep deprived most of the time and having issues with functioning and don't realize it. What about those of us uh, who have uh, one or two gray hairs, um, <laughs> the aging of, of America, of the world? I mean, yeah. we're, you know, baby boomers, we're, we're, the, we're the kings and queens. There are more of us than anybody else. Yeah. Won't always be that way. Do we need more or less sleep as we age? That's an excellent question that there's a lot of misinformation out there about that as well. So as you get older, the amount of sleep that you need at night should not be drastically less than what you used to get. So if you always were, when you were younger, getting, say, seven hours a night, if you start getting five hours, four hours a night, that is not a normal thing, and you should talk with your doctor about that. Sometimes people just say, oh, that's part of aging, it happens, just let it go. What we do see is there are some changes. So the sleep for older adults tends to not be as deep as, say, someone who's younger. So it might be a little bit more broken because of having to use the bathroom more at night or pain or things like that. And then the other change that we see is even though you might get a little less sleep at night, you actually 
older adults often nap during the day if they have the ability to do that. So in a 24-hour period, the amount of sleep is actually about the same as when they were younger. Uh, we should have had a, uh, an older person on that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, I'm thinking of drugs now. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, Roseanne came out with uh, uh, comments uh, that the, she was taking a, uh, a drug uh, to help her sleep. Uh, it had a pretty butterfly on it. And people are uh, ending up at Denny's in the middle of the night eating a full meal, not realizing that. They've driven there, they drive back, get back into bed, yeah. and don't remember that. I mean, some of the sleep drugs scare the heck out of me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always, when we're talking about medication, it's always a cost-benefit thing. And what we always try to do is really work on behavioral strategies, such as what I do, um, cognitive behavior therapy is really useful for a lot of people, but making sure you can get back on track with basic behavioral strategies, because a lot of times that works for certain people. And for example, like I work with Natrol on their Back on Track campaign for the fall, and we're really putting a focus on things that you can do to get that better sleep using behavioral techniques. And then it's a discussion, if that's not enough, then it's a discussion with your doctor about medication or maybe a non-drug approach such as melatonin to help get your sleep back on track. But yeah, medication's one option, but it shouldn't always be the first option for your sleep. You're, uh, you're all in purple because the uh, uh, natrol uh, is uh, the, the color of, of purple. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've done some work with them in the past. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time. But as I, I held up earlier, I have my own yeah. bottle of natrol uh, melatonin. So let's talk about melatonin. Yeah. It's a natural product. Uh, I think almost everybody has heard of it. It's safe. Can you take too much of this stuff? Yeah, 100%. So I think there's a lot of misinformation as well out about melatonin. And it really, it's not the first line approach that we use in, in sleep issues. So we always try the behavioral treatments to really help you with the occasional night um, when you're, you're not having great sleep. If that's not enough, melatonin is an option. Now, melatonin is naturally made in your brain. So when you're, um, when you're getting ready for sleep, melatonin comes out. That's why we like it to be dark, because melatonin likes darkness, and it helps to set that sleep-wake schedule for you. Now, if you're still struggling after trying everything, melatonin can help with some people. Now, you were talking about the, the amount to use. In sleep medicine, we actually use low amounts of melatonin. We use anywhere from a half a milligram to maximum five milligrams for most people, and we time it differently. A lot of times for some people, if we're trying to shift their sleep schedule, we might use it a number of hours before bed. For some people, we might use it an hour before bed. So it's a really a discussion to have with your physician about the timing, the amount, if it's appropriate for you. And like I said, the, you know, it's, it's really a, in lower amounts ideal. And the one other thing I recommend for a lot of people is to look for something that's USP verified. So for example, Natrol has like a five milligram quick dissolve version that says USP verified on the bottle. So that's an extra outside source that has said, they have looked at the brand, they've said what's in that bottle is actually there. And what I encourage people to do is look for that USB verified so you feel more, you feel more comfortable with what you're taking. And that is an FDA requirement uh, uh, to have that third party endorsement. It, um, it, yes, at times, right. yes. And in, in, uh, uh, with, with melatonin, is it safe to take Every night? 
it, for it's some, somebody who has problems? It's, for some people it can be. It's, we try to use anything in a shorter term ideally, but it's a discussion with your physician if it's something that you should be doing um, routinely, if it's a once in a while thing to maybe get you back on track with your sleep for the fall. Um, but it's really a discussion to have with your physician as well as doing the behavioral techniques like keeping that consistent wake time and getting that light in the morning. And um, yeah, it, it can be used routinely for some people, but not everyone. Got it. Uh, Dr. Harris, thank you for joining us. Shelby Harris has been our guest. Uh, she's the author of The Women's Guide to Overcoming in Anxiety. She's a clinical associate professor at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in Neurology and Psychiatry. And I say that because she knows what she's talking about. Last question. Yes. Do I have to give up my iPad at night? Well, I, ideally, you try to give, give it up for like if you can aim for 15 to 30 minutes, ideally before bed, that would be helpful. Um, so melatonin does not like screens. And if you're trying to enhance that melatonin naturally coming out in your brain, try to put it down for a little while. And then what are you looking at at the iPad? A lot of people are looking at work, looking at other things that I encourage them to try and get a little buffer between daytime and nighttime. I, uh, I just read junk <laughs> and it puts me to sleep. That's yeah. what I read. Yeah. Read the day, I read, read you know, for work. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Woman's Guide to Overcoming uh, Insomnia and other other books like that. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. I'm Mark me. Allen. This is Late Night Health.